Okay, fellas. Six-pack lap of that. And we got Europe's finest when it comes to the 83s. Eduardo Mazzucchelli. Is that right? Yeah. I said it like a question there. Hi, guys. <laughs> Jurens Kingamu and Ahoro Asain. And, uh, and fellas, we got it. Is this, is this the battle of Europe right now? Is this the biggest battle of the European Championship? What do you guys think? I think it is. No, no doubt about it in terms of like the quality we bring on the platform and every single one of us has a history behind it. So I don't think there's any other battle out there. People will be looking at this European Championship thinking this person or that person, because us three, anyone can win the Europeans, but you can't really say that in the other way classes. That's, that's my just personal opinion. So to me, this is the battle for Europe. This is what's going to make the European Championship worthwhile. All three of you gentlemen have done 800 kilos and up at various different competitions. All three of you gentlemen are capable, or within shot anyways, the last World Championship 815 won, right? So all three of you gentlemen are world-class and capable of even winning an open world title. Both of you, or all three of you also have had different experiences over the last year. Highs, lows, all the rest of it. I haven't talked to all you guys about your world's experience. Um, Jurens, we'd spoke about your world's experience and to bounce back to Silent Worker. I want to talk to Enna about your world's experience and what you think you want to touch up on and improve upon um, and where you think you might be at with Europeans as well as Eduardo. You've hit 800 at Worlds. It dipped a little. What can we expect leading to Euros? Because when I look at your guys' training, I'm expecting PRs. But some of you guys are hiding some of your lists. So I don't know. But I'm suspecting we're going to have PRs coming out of you people. But training and what transfers onto the platform sometimes can be different. And let's talk to you for first. Because I, I talked to Germans, and I'll talk to Germans again about the silent worker, how we rebounded nicely um, and the peaking went off and what we might anticipate. But Anna, I haven't talked to you at all about Worlds. If you could redo something at Worlds, what do you think? Or And what's going to be different coming into Euros? Well, for me, I think most people would say Worlds was like a really good move for me. But personally, it was, wasn't my best meet. I mean, I was expecting better. But to be fair, I was basically the only one that stayed consistent during that comp. Um, basically going 8 for 9, going for the last deadlift, 9 for 9, which is really the most I can expect at that level, to be fair. So as long as I can replicate that, you know, stay on track, get 8 for 9, I'll be fine for that. Well, not 8 for 9, but 8 for 8, and, you know, as always. Well, well here's the, this is the big thing, all right? If you're eight for nine, you're probably on podium somewhere. But for you to win, it almost always seems like it's going to come down to that last deadlift, huh? You hit If you hit that last deadlift at a world championship, I mean, you almost previously anyways have had that. And we're going to talk about Russ being here and how that might impact. But at least up to now, your last deadlift has been for the gold. And you hit it and you're a world champion. You miss and you're not. And probably these two fellas... Edo Endurance on their A game, it'll probably be down to the last deadlift as well if you're going to become a champion. Because to beat Jurens on his A game, you're probably going to need that last deadlift. What is going to be the difference? You're going to go eight for eight 
for you to hit that last deadlift this time at the European Championships? I mean, honestly, right now my main goal is just to basically keep pulling less because, I mean, like 2021, I pulled eight, no, 2022. I attempted 385. Last year, it was 380. So as long as I can get that number going down by increasing my squat and bench, that would actually be nice. So right now, I'm just relying on my squat and bench going up. And yeah, deadlift, if I can just, you know, pull around 380. I think I should be good. Looking at the how the battle unfolded at Worlds, you had pulled, what was it, 370 for your second attempt? Yeah. And then, um, I have this pulled up here, but uh, I got a cabillion notes in front of me. And then for, for your third attempt, like, was the attempt selection on your deadlifts that you, because you were pulling really heavy for your second and third, if you could redo it or walking into Euros, would you be pulling that heavy back-to-back for your second and third? Do you think that impacted your third lift that your second was so heavy? I mean, there's also the fact that it's risky because, I mean, after the first attempt, we actually considered just going up to 380 straight for just pulling for the win on the second attempt. That was something I had, a discussion I had with my coaches. Realistically, at the end of the day, I'm still an 83 lifter. So, I mean, there might be like 400 kg pullers at heavier weights pulling, jumping and jumping 20 kgs or something. But for me personally, it's jumping so much is just too risky and also too heavy considering my body weight. So, yeah, for Euros, the game plan is probably... I don't know how much of my game plan I'm revealing since I don't have any now. But, yeah, just trying to not pull as heavy as you said on second. I've considered doing the Emil strategy where you skip your second and only pull twice. Uh, that's something I might do. Who knows? Look at uh, you are always going all in. Everyone knows. We all know how this story ends. You're going. You're pulling for the win. Yeah. So might as well just skip the second and go all in. Uh, yeah, we will see. Uh, we've been trying some different things in training to see if I could get better at pulling heavier weights multiple times. So. I guess we'll see at Euros. How about you, Jurens? How was this one? Obviously, you learned a lot over the summertime. Um, you had a fantastic British Nationals, 820.5. Worlds, you, you had a disappointing Worlds, bounced back within two weeks and had another great meet. It was your second highest total ever at Silent Worker. So you gathered a lot of data points and information and learned a lot on the first half. Going into the European Championships, what are you bringing with you in terms of that data you gathered in terms of peaking? I think it's, um, so before the British, the prep was almost relaxing. I mean, relaxing in terms of like, we didn't care about what numbers we want to pull on the platform. All we knew it's British and we look at the nomination and we thought, you know, I mean, no disrespect to other British lifters that came around, but we said, look, with four lift, you might win the British. You know, because the way the training was going, so we didn't care. And leading to world, it was 
so much into it and the pressure of it, especially after South Africa last year, where I went to South Africa, I had no idea I'm going to be second. You know what I mean? We went to South Africa thinking, look, top five would do as well. We came second. So leading to Malta, it was like, no, now we came second. It's not about us coming second anymore because we can be Delaney. Right? So seeing Delaney performance at uh, Sheffield, I was confident enough. I had more than 835 in me after British. So I feel like if he comes to Malta with 840 plus or whatever, and then he beat me, well done. But if he come with what he did at Sheffield, I will be him. We were confident. So almost like we almost pushed training too hard. As Anna said, at the end of the day, we are only 83 lifters, 83 kilos. There's only so much we can push. So I think I had my last SPD before Malta. I think it was seven days or five days at 825 I did so and that looks wow. right but almost it tells you like how much I left in the gym so these are one all some of the mistakes that we made of course leading to the championship and then we paid really daily on it when we got on the platform so leading to the Euros is all of that has been catered even in terms of nutrition and Joey and Kedrick we sat down we said, okay, where did we go wrong in terms of the peaking, in terms of my eating and all of that, all of that has been taken care of. And I was not even seeing people like sport masseuse and therapist and all that. I'm start seeing all these people. So almost just to tick these boxes. And um, one of the things I've always catered in my training is, this is the first time ever in the seven years I've been doing part of thing for me to do accessories. Never do accessories. Oh, so... I start doing accessories, so you boys better watch out because I look like a bodybuilder. <laughs> so I think that's what we've incorporated. But leading to the Euros, all I'm going to say is, as Anna say, I'm not sitting here saying to you there's a game plan. Maybe there's no game plan, but all I'm going to do is something that probably I've never done before. You know, I'll go to places I've never been before. So it means make sure get at over 820 or 10 times body weight or even more. So I'm going to aim really high because it's the last me of the year. I just want to put everything out on the table out there and just, yeah, leave on a bang and go to 2024. And when you bounce back so quickly at Silent Worker, like it wasn't a PR, but it was up there. It was close. It, it was more where we would expect. Is that just because you had some recovery? You had some rest time and it was back to just a fun meeting again. Like you said, British was just about fun. Silent worker was just fun. You hang, you hung loose. Is there a mentality there? Was it a physical rest there that helped? What was it? Do you think? The thing is with silent work, right? There's one thing people don't, a lot of people didn't really understand. And I spoke to Anna about this. And of course, we are as part of my team <laughs> after Malta, because when I said to people, I came out of Malta on that platform. I still felt like I was the strongest lifter there. It's just that things did not pan out the way I wanted them to pan out in terms of like execution. The only thing that let me down is the execution. I did not execute how I should have executed. But I went on a holiday, literally the same time because my family came with me to Malta. So we competed and then the holiday carry on. The guys came back to the UK. I stayed behind. I left like I think 13 or something like that. I came home, literally a few days later, I packed my bag, I went to Paris for me. So it means the last time I, I touched the weight was on that platform in Malta. Two weeks, oh, wow. I didn't touch anything. 
right? But I still went to silent work and loaded 302 squat and then pulled 335, which is the best lift, the best uh, deadlift I ever pulled. I think to me, it's all come down to, I pushed too hard before Malta, and then I had a shit day. The week that followed almost was like almost like the tapering time for me, if I must say. And then the week later, I was in Paris. I think that's what it come down to. It was nothing. I was not injured. It was not a mental game or anything. It was just like, yeah, this shit's happened. So when you get things wrong on your pick, you might pay for it. And I did pay for it, Amata. And then silent work, it was just like my body has recovered from all of that. And just, yeah, I had fun. That's all, really. It's funny how, like, you 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 can overtrain. You can leave your best. Like, people say, like, no such thing as overtraining. Yes, there is with peaking. There is with strength. You can leave it in actual in the gym. And then a, a taper, a proper taper actually recovers you. Like, the taper gods are generous. It could change everything. It's such a freaking science to, like, peak exactly properly, time that taper, and peak rate for the platform. Only data points help. I've experienced like that, Ryan. So I agree with you. Things like that plays a major part into lifting, especially the sports that we do is weightlifting. So if you don't get this variable right, you will pay for it. And I assure you, you probably not like it. So yeah. I mean, that that was proof right there that a, a nice time taper if you're overworked and you bounce back pretty flipping good, man. What was it like eight, twelve and a half or whatever? Silent worker, like frig, it, it worked well. Um, how about you, Edo? You had hit 800 kilos at the Italian Nationals, and coming into Worlds, you saw your total dip 15 kilos as opposed to moving up. And at your age, I'm sure you're getting stronger, and I'm sure you're past 800 kilos. What was your experience at the World Championship, and and where do you think you've learned? What do you think you've learned from it? Oh, um, IPF Worlds um, was very tough because. Um, the meet himself, uh, it, it was very different from the, the, the usual junior championships uh, because um, the time between every each attempt uh, was very small and um, the, the, the timing uh, killed my performance. So um, I expected uh, uh, an eager total um, during the preparation of this bit, that meet. But um, from these errors, I, I learned about a lot about my 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 meat prep and nutrition and uh, other stuff. And I learned that um, the same numbers on the total, like eight hundred on eighty three kilo uh, lifter, uh, are very hard to hit uh, several times in a world in a, in a year. Sorry, and. Mm, the the main thing i learned about um going to the to the euros is that i need to uh, to have a time to to increase my total uh, slow and steady and try to uh, be conservative on on, on squat per, for example and, and bench um i think that at, at euros i will need a, a perfect day to to beat the these two guys and so um, the plan is going to 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 to, to tape all the, all the three lifts uh, in, in the best way. So um, sometimes the, the, you can expect uh, 
the, the best performance in, in a meet or like in international comp. So let's see. Yeah, sometimes, you know, when we go into these competitions, I don't got to tell you fellows, you've been around the block. You look at numbers and sometimes you realize if I go nine for nine, hang in the pocket, everybody's not going to have the day they expect. I don't have to beat what I think their PRs are. You might tell yourself, these guys are capable of boom. So if I don't beat that, I'm not going to. That doesn't always how it works out. Hang in the pocket. And if you chase and overextend and start missing all your thirds, that's when you they might fumble the bag and you can't catch up like you want to do. Nick Manners was on the podcast and he talked about Delaney was never more. If the world was never more vulnerable than they were on that day at the world championships. And I wasn't hitting lifts to capitalize. That's what bothers me. That was my opportunity. Delaney's total came down 20 kilos. That was the day. Couldn't do it. Couldn't catch him. Yeah. You know, uh, when, and, and that's where, because he wasn't hitting his lifts and, and that's where if you hang in the pocket and go nine for nine, it doesn't matter if like, yeah, okay. If they would have PR'd, maybe they would have got me, but they weren't PRing that day. And I freaking I, I didn't, I didn't stay tight and stay focused. Now, having said that, and Aharo threw this out there in the stories, and I'm wondering how you gentlemen felt about it. Are you guys going for the squat world record? Is this actually, is this real? And Aharo's kind of baiting, and I don't know if he's baiting because he wants you to go for it and miss. Like, he could be pulling you out of pocket, and it might be a well-played chess match, where it's like, yeah, load up. Load up on your third, because if you miss your third and grind, you know, that'll help me out for my deadlift. I have to deadlift even less. But what do you think? I'll throw it to you first, Germans, and then I'll get you, uh, Edo, after. Why me? Is it because I'm in the oldest or something? But <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, like this squat, right? What, what is it? Like three? What twenty-one? Isn't it? I believe it's yeah. three twenty-one. That's what that's what Enohoro put in those stories. I'll I'll fact check Enohoro though. Me with me loading the squat world record is not something. It's it's not a miracle. Do you know what I mean? On the day, especially the way this prep went, the way I feel. I feel on my squats, I'm more confident than I've ever been. You know what I mean? I Before the uh, world, I think my my biggest squat was 315 before world. So on this one, it's even better. So I'm confident on that. But again, it would depend on the team and myself, how I feel on the day. Because again, you guys saw in Malta, I was not the best when it comes to the squat. You know what I mean? Someone like me coming out of Squat, it was disappointing across the globe for people that love me. But yeah, but on the day, to be, to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. If I feel well after the second, I don't care what a second is. It could be 300 or 295. If I feel good with it, I will load it. But oh, it, just... wow. it is three. It is 321. And Horrell's got it right, by the way. But wow. So it might. it's right there. Yeah. If I feel good on that second, I come on that second, I feel good. I will load it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about it. I don't care whether grind about it or whatever. My deadlift is more than enough. I don't need an 800 pound deadlift, by the way. That's Nick Mendes, so I don't need that. Fair enough. What do you think, Adam? How close is 321 kilos? I'm very far for, from this number. I I think 321 is a is a is a crazy number that only Ross can do that. I I, I think. I what about Jerns? Jurens is Jurens is closer, but I think Russ is is a is a is another is another level on the on squat. 
I think Jurins will hit about 315 or something like that. And I think I, I think I'm not going for about 321. That's crazy. I think um, maybe I I will hit three three ten if the if the day is good, but for sure not not three three twenty one for sure. So interesting, you guys. So I don't know how to read. Obviously, you know we're on a podcast talking, and I don't know like how to read if Jurens is saying this to throw you guys a little loop, or if he's like, no, 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 you don't know my prep. 321 for sure is getting loaded or or what's going on but it's interesting what do you think jurens from what you just heard it's not even a mind game or playing here as i said like if my second feel good because i don't know what my second is gonna be right right so, but one thing i know my second won't be anything below 300 it's not gonna be so right. if my second feel good i'm gonna load it because i'm confidently sure my set with two squat out of these euros and the way my deadlift's been moving will be good enough. All right. So whether the team are willing to take that risk with me and load that world record. Again, so when it comes to these international, as um and I said sometime, it's not just about me, the lifter, it's the team as well I need to consider. My ego will just load that world record. I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Right. But whether my team will be confident to load that because they're confident of me to hit it. But if they're confident on that day to load it, that is them. Right. But in terms of what Edo said there, yes, 321 kilo is not easy weight. It's a big weight. You know, I've squatted three over 300 this prep many, many times. And there is times where I hit 300. Fuck. How am I going to load 321? This felt like I fucking almost died with it. But then again, three days later, you come in, you hit 305, you think, oh, that felt all right. Why did the 300 on Monday feel like I was dying with it? Do you know what I mean? So it's the reality. The reality is 321 kilo, which is 705, I think, if I'm right, 705 point something, is a lot of weight. So it's just like how I feel on a day, even though Edo is saying this, he might come on the day where he feels super confident. He hit that second and think, you know what, fucking load it. Because Anna is going to be loading why can't I just fucking load it? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah can you imagine? I, it all depend on the day. It literally all depend on the day how I feel. I don't know how much I'm gonna score. I might score three hundred only or three or five. But it just depends on how I feel on the day. Walking into this European Championships, obviously you three gentlemen are have all hit eight hundred kilo plus. Okay, so you've all in the eight hundred kilo club. Europe as a whole is rising at competition levels. I want to ask you guys, A, why do you think the competition levels are rising so much? And then B, if you think the attention is now being catching up as well with the competition levels and why that might be. But let's deal with A first, because unquestionably the competition levels in standard in Europe is, is rising quickly. Why is that? And maybe you go first because you haven't taught you you haven't taught. I mean, like in general, it's just that the sport is getting bigger. I mean, for example, take Sheffield, for example, that was huge. Yeah, basically, in general, the sport is just getting more bigger and with social media traction, you know, people finding people and like, for example, right now I'm in Sweden and it's like, powerlifting is actually huge here. Like you see kids of like 14 starting to powerlift and I mean, that 
actually crazy because usually it used to be like you know you go to the gym for like a few years and until in your 20s before you find powerlifting so yeah i would say like the sport is just getting bigger especially with social media you know how how much bigger is powerlifting now in italy and then maybe speak to the growth in italy and then in europe as a whole do you think oh in italy we have uh so many athletes juniors and seniors that are very strong today i watched the uh the, the junior national competition and i saw uh, a young team uh, that is squatting 290 fast very fast a team in italy the future is bright a wow. team uh about 20 years old or something like that mm. to, to 290 or uh, a big squat a big squat for a teen uh, for, for 20 years old guy and in italy we have carola that's make she that will make sheffield and the, he represents italy on the international platform on the the most important one and in italy we have um the, the majority of strongly of strongest lifter are uh, are female so women the women's the women part in italy is very very strong um but the the the, the men in italy are rising uh, because we had uh, a bunch of 80 or, or, or other he3s like andrea orlandi and gabriele bellomo i don't know if you if you know them uh, that are uh, other 83s juniors that made about 770 or 70 or 780 at junior Europeans. And uh, we have uh, many other guys that uh, on the heaviest weight classes that are very strong. And um, I know that Karala, uh, Karala Garra did a great job uh for uh, expanding the sport to the uh to the other sides of the of the powerlifting in Italy um finally in the last in the last months in the last weeks we received the uh, the, the national uh, the national singlet uh and finally uh, we 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 obtained that because it was many years that we that we asked that for uh, for our international comps and I think Italy is going to to be a, a powerhouse like France and GB in the in the next years because we have a very very strong guys. What do you think, Jerns? What why is Europe on the rise like it is as a whole? I think um, I mean, the guys have covered the point in terms of like social media, and they've covered as well. They, I think, to me personally, I believe is the Europeans that have done powerlifting for so many years, they've been at the top, they're now giving back to the sport. When I mean giving back to the sport, just like um, Eduardo mentioned there, people like Carola, what she's done in Italy. In Britain, we have got Tony Cliff now, and almost like Tony Cliff, he's power now even of the Federation, the board. So them playing that role within the sport is drawing these many people coming into it and social media has a massive influence of course when you see things like end up pulling 385 kilos uh, um, in, in south africa and there's someone training in pure gym thinking oh 
I can pull 350. So that means I can be in powerlifting as well. So I can go one day and be on the same platform as Anna. So basically these things has played a massive, massive part. And also I think, I think as well is the drive for us to always go up against the Americans. And I'm sorry to say this and not being controversial, but the Americans, they are always the people, the athletes, the nation to beat, no matter what, no matter what sport you're doing, even if like in soccer, they're not as good as the British or they're not as good as the Italian, they're not as good as the French. But when you're playing with an American team, you forget they're not as good as you. You just want to beat them because they're Americans. Do you know what I mean? So I think that has brought a mentality to the European scene as well in powerlifting, where every time we see Americans training or American competing or dominating, we're thinking, hang on, they're just men like us. They have got two balls. Why can't we be like them? Why can't we be as strong as them? So I think that alone, they have had that positive impact on the European platform in terms of powerlifting. Just imagine, because one thing I, I, if I'm right here is in America, powerlifting is almost like start from the grassroots. You know, it's part of the sports game in college and all of that stuff. In Europe, it's not like that. In Europe, if you do powerlifting, us three sitting here, probably we can afford it. Right. It's an expensive hobby in Europe to be able to do powerlifting. So us to see the American, what they're doing, and us, the European, I'm thinking, do you know what? Although it's a hobby, although we spend so much money, but we can't just be being bashed every time we go to World Championship. Why? So let's raise that game. I think the Americans have played a massive game on this one. I think um, let's not get this twisted across the world. They have been the main power source of powerlifting getting to the stage where we are. So the rest, we're just literally trying to fill the gap and trying to close that gap against them. So that influence has pushed a European to say, okay, we're not alone. We have to join them. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's that's my belief and thinking. I think all of that's played the part to Europe actually working up. I know now like we have got the French that came in a year or two ago and now how many world champions how many world champions we have in France? How many world record we have in front, uh, world record orders we have in France, plenty. So, and I see Eduardo said, I see one of the things about me is, I know some people come here and tell you, I don't consume powerlifting content that's full of shit. But anyway, me, I consume powerlifting content. The way I consume it is not because I make it part of my life or because I want to do what Eduardo is doing or I want to do what Anna is doing, no. I want to see what other people are doing is making the sport better that we can apply to. That's how I consume my, 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 my content. So Italy is doing an amazing job. There's, there's Spain that we're not really talking about, but Spain is a nation yeah. that's coming heavy. So, so these guys are coming in, not just because at the end of the day, we don't want the French to be the only ones ahead. Do you know what I mean? And we don't want the Brits to be the only one. And we don't want even the Italian to be the only one. So everybody else, Wiener, yeah. Sweden and all of that, everyone else is raising their games. I think it's all that stem to um, people want to do better. We want to improve. Always like want to be those idols that we always idolized in the past. What can we be like them? So I think that's, that's to me, that's, yeah. Long, long story short, I think that's the one that's actually pushed the sport going forward. Um. Well, you made some you raised some interesting facts. Now, nation by nation on the women's side, France, U.S. comparable, just alone nation by nation like that. On the men's side, I don't know if there's a nation that's going to take out U.S. nation by nation, but let's say we clump all of Europe together. 
let's say the continent of Europe together versus U.S. Europe takes U.S., you think? On the men's side, you said. Men's side. On the women's, no question. On the women's, France alone, you could argue. On the men's side, not a single nation, I don't think, if we're honest. But if you take, I mean, all of you, I mean, you're talking Anatoly to Pena to, you know, all of the, all of you guys. Tony Cliff to whatever. To, I mean, I'm, I mean, you don't have Rondell, but. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't want to be disrespectful here to my fellow lifters in Europe. I think the Americans still stand ahead in terms of the men, men to men. So it's not me being weak. It's not me being not ready for the Americans. But when you just look at the talent pool they have, first of all, they, their bloody country is almost in fucking entire Europe. Do you know what I mean? So when you get all of us together, I think I, for now, all I'm saying, I'm not saying forever, for now, they're ahead of all of us. Even if you get all the, uh, the Europeans, the men together against the American, we still can't stand a chance. When you have someone like Jesus, you got someone like Perkins coming in, Bob Mafia and then the rest. So we still can't stand a chance for now. I think we will get there, but now we are behind. That's just me. I don't know what the other boys, what they think. What do you fellas think? Is that accurate for right now? Yeah, for me, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. I well, how about this? Now, the wheels of change are, are starting to turn. Eurosport is not only showing the world championships, Eurosport is showing the European championships. We're now on also the world games are coming along um, and is going classic. The Olympic YouTube channel is now picked up and showing the world championships, hundreds of thousands of views going on there. How is this impacting powerlifting in Europe? And how do you think it's going to impact it further as we move forward? And Sheffield, Sheffield being in Europe and being in the UK cannot be minimized as well in terms of impact and popularity. And maybe I want to get your, your ideas there, Jerns, how Sheffield is directly impacting as well. And how, let's say two, three, four years from now, how you think continuation of Eurosport, millions of people watching on Eurosport, the European Championships live, as well as highlights, World Championships, Sheffield being in Europe and everyone congregating to watch it there. How has this impacted so far and how do you think it's going to impact it in the future and do for Europe? I think this is, we will get to the point where, especially having Sheffield and um, um, Eurosport is, I know people are talking about maybe we're never going to go to the Olympic, right? Olympics uh, uh, games. To me, I think that's bullshit. That mindset is full of crap. Do you know what I mean? I think with the work that has been done in this sport, we, we are bigger than weightlifting. And no offense to anyone that does weightlifting. We are getting bigger than them. Money's been thrown in powerlifting. We have got full-time powerlifters. People can make a bag in Sheffield and leave it for, a, for the entire year. So the impact of all of that, I think, it only going to bring more talent to this sport. You know, again, I think you, you said it many, many times in your podcast where people are talking about Sheffield, people that don't do powerlifting. Mm. Uh, and fun enough, I was in South Africa lifting last year. My old man was in Africa, right? He, I mean, he, just, just put into context is he got a whole bloody um, town in the house to watch me on Eurosport. You know, we do it the African, they only care about their surname, they don't care about Jurings, they only care about Kingami because that's my name on TV. They don't even care, that's me lifting anyway. But all, I, all I'm saying is that that already 
has brought powerlifting to a country, a city like Kinshasa, like Congo, that they don't even know what the sport is. You know, just that TV being streamed, now they understand the sport, you know. And now if I go back home, I'm a celeb because I was on TV on Eurosport lifting. So all of that basically, that example just to show the impact these deals are having into our sport. And Sheffield, as well, for us, like the Brits, Sheffield being in Britain has helped our federation and the sport of powerlifting in Britain. I'm not talking about just someone going to the, the gym and lifting a barbell. Now people are taking it serious. People want to do the squat, the bench, the deadlift. They don't want to do it to comp standards. I get to gyms where someone is lifting, oh, can you check my bench if I'm doing on an IPF standard? This is a normal mm. person that knows, but he just want to do an IPF. And we ask him why? Oh, because in the next six months, I want to get my first novice comp. So that's the impact Sheffield has had. People don't realize how much influence Sheffield has had in this sport. To me personally, I have witnessed in the gyms I go, in the commercial gyms I go, and I've witnessed even, funny enough, even at work where I work. You know, and where I work, these guys, you know, in the big wigs and big suit, they're talking about Sheffield. I said to them, like, I'm a powerlifter. They was like, oh, yeah, you are, you do that sport that happened, that event that happened in Sheffield. Okay, the, the most embarrassing thing I get, I go, how come you were not on the platform? Yeah, that's a long story for another day. <laughs> a long story. Yeah, that'll get me started. <laughs> we're going to try to correct that. To, 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 to your question is, this Sheffield event, the Eurosport deals, they're bringing massive influence into the sport and they're giving us literally like the openness to the world. You know what I mean? People now know what powerlifting is. Powerlifting used to be a sport that no one knew, but now it is a sport that people in the house now don't know. People know about Jesus. People know about Kelko. People know about um, um, what's Gavin. People know about all these guys because of these days. To me, I think it has brought a massive impact, massive positive impact on the sport across the board. Edo, for you, I know previously people had said the only people who are going to watch powerlifting are powerlifters. If you're not, it's the only people going to show up at events. It's the only people who are going to watch it online. You have to be a powerlifter to watch powerlifting. Recently, uh, with Sheffield, with the World Championships, with Eurosport, starting to see just regular people who go to the gym, squat, bench, deadlift, they don't have to compete in powerlifting. They just got to lift in those lifts, and they watch. I, I've talked to athletes from different sports, in whether it's MMA, jiu-jitsu, whatever, and they'll know who's who, and they follow the IPF worlds, and they watch as a fan because they lift. Do you find that's the case now in Italy where just gym goers are starting to follow powerlifting? Is it there yet? Are you starting to see that trend? What's it like where you're from? Oh, in Italy, um, the, the powerlifting as a sport um, come uh, pretty late because um, as different uh, from GB, France and other countries in Italy, we have, we don't have so many gyms that supports the powerlifting as a sport. So we don't have equipment. We don't have plates, barbells. Uh, we need to. Uh, I I train in a in a small gym, uh, and I can train only there. So um, in Italy, we 
um, we are uh, trying to um, increase the, the spectacularity of the sport uh, by uh, by trying to uh, influence other guys in the gym by training or uh, showing us uh, all the lifts. So mm, I think um, in Italy and in all the world, uh, I, I think that the powerlifting needs to, to be more spectacular because um, like Sheffield, um, we need to, to, to have many talents uh, as possible to, to bring up the sport and show uh, to all the world uh, the possibility of spectacular spectacularity uh, for all all the three lists. So, I think uh, these 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 things need needs time to 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 make the powerlifting in the in the classic these. But I think I think I think powerlifting will be a, a a serious sport in the in the in the next next years. No. You had previously said you were going to lure Russell Orhe back to the IPF. Said it on the KOTL podcast. Well, guess what, Playboy? That that time is now, and Russ is back. Now I'm not saying you lured him. I know you you joked around, be like, I told you, I told you I'd lure him. But Russ is here. Russ announced he's coming back. Um, were you surprised a that he said he's coming back? And how do you feel now that Russ is coming back? What are your emotions? He's going to bring viewership. He's going to bring another level of lifting. What do you think is going to happen with the return of Russell Ori? So to answer your first question, am I surprised? Honestly, no. I mean, considering how the USAPL was going, uh, I mean, it makes sense why everyone, well, not everyone, but like a lot of top-level lifters have moved to the IPF now, which is really nice because that also brings their viewers and brings more eyes to the sport. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Russ to be back because also it's one more person to push against. Uh, but one of the things that, like, I wouldn't say it has pissed me off, but like, you know, people come up to you at the gym and they're like, oh, yeah, Russ is coming back. And I don't know, they expect you to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so scared. I'm not going to compete. I'm going to quit powerlifting now that Russ is back or some stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it's coming back, but he's not going to come back as... Um, I mean, he has been doing crazy things on social media. I won't take away from that. But it's not going to be like, you know, wiping everyone off the floor. I mean, I think at his last comp, when he competed last, I don't think there was anyone else hitting 800. So he was winning by like 50 kilos. But like, when he comes back next year, for example, it's like, you have Durant, you have Eduardo, you have, he also has to defeat Delaney at US. So it's like, it's no longer an open field like he left it. And now he's coming against competition. He's no longer competing against himself. He has to make smart decisions. He has to think about attempts of other people. So yeah, uh, for me personally, I'm excited. But I don't want people to think like, oh, Russ is just coming back to win again. Um, yeah. You also got you got to go against the gentleman you mentioned. He's also got to go against an O'Hara. And Inoharo's got one hell of a deadlift, my friend. You'll have the final say, even with Russ in the field. Jerns, what do you think? A, was it surprising? Um, B, what do you think his impact is going to be? And then um, we'll get into the USAPL crossovers after that. But what do you think? 
I think for me is it's not surprising because I was not surprised when it, it, it started with USAPL. I was not. You know, I mean, a lot of people were. Me, I was not. I was literally expecting him to side over there because almost like being the way I am, being I understand the way the entire the way business work, I understood the best decision and for him was to side with USAPL because remember that time Russ just opened a gym and he was trying to build his personality around his business and all of that. Remember, as I said, this isn't a hobby for me. I can retire tomorrow. I still have a life to live, but there's people here that they can't do that. They don't have that opportunity to do that. So to me, I understood when he sat over there, I think Russell came to the time where he did what he had to do with USAPL. It's done and dusted. It was time for him to come home. I knew eventually Russ will come home because whether we like it or not, Russ is an African. We understand being a world champion or competing at a world championship mean to us as a family, as individual, and as a legacy we build. People will get come with this bullshit saying, I don't care about legacy, full of crap. Do you know what I mean? We're all doing this to build a legacy for one day, our children or whatever can see, oh, what did that did or what did that? So I knew eventually he will come back. In terms of the impact of him coming back to the sport, again, what I echoed and, um, and I said there, uh, I'm really excited. I've competed, I competed, uh, not really competed, but I, let's just say, I shared the platform with Russ in 2018 in Calgary when he just gave his first world championship. He was a very young boy there. And I shared the platform with him as well in 2019. He has the personality we needed in powerlifting. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about his social media uh, impact and what, as a person, just as a person of Russ, we needed him on, uh, in IPF. And in terms of like, if you look at the progress Russ has made over the years, it's been almost a gift. And we need gifted people like that. You know, people like Anna, you know, with people that can pull the world, you know, people like Edo that can score. I mean, Edo scored 308 last year as a junior. I was just like, fuck this is a kid doing this you know what i mean when did you ever would sit there i was from row by the way do you know what i mean to witness things like that we need these kind of gifted people in the sport again uh, as you mentioned nick mendes there has a tremendous deadlift just imagine in 2024 you have russ you know you have anna you have go uh, nick mendes myself edo so basically you have got battles everywhere. You got the deadlifters, you got the squatters, and then you have the benches, you know, because Italy has got someone that can bench over 200 kilo or 205. I watch at the national order for fuck's sake. Another one, Owen Abed is coming. I don't want to deal with this shit. But anyway, so basically to me, the reality is, Russ is bringing the personality, is bringing the, because now, like, as soon as when I heard Russ is coming, I told you this, I was like, oh shit, I need to prepare for this. So it's not like I'm ignoring the European Championship because I still have to go through these guys and uh, the rest of the E3. But looking at 2024, we all sitting here thinking, okay, whether we like it or not, he's the world champion. He's coming back. He's the man to be. Do you know what I mean? And as Anna said, we know those, as he said to Perkins, we know those little 83 he left behind. We know those little 83 anymore. Although you think we are still little, but we're not. So the game, the ball has changed and the game has changed. So almost like I'm talking as an athlete, as a competitor, he has given me desire. He has given me that extra gear.
to compete against Russ again. So I think yes, yes. I, I mean, I can probably be uh, uh, honest and emotional here. He has almost made me excited to wake up every day, even train twice a day. That's how I feel. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I'm excited. You want to compete against the best, and who else can you get rather than Russ and and Ahora and uh, Edo? So yeah. Well, we do have another gentleman though. So with Delaney, how do you think this this works out? Like it's it's one of these difficult things which international competition is. Delaney is a two time world champion, absolutely phenomenal lifter, going to be two time at Sheffield. And here he is stuck with a wrestler. He coming through the U.S. and U.S. might be sending 183. Maybe. Maybe they send two. Maybe they only send one. How difficult a proposition is that to know that Delaney or Russ, like, you know, Russ would probably be the favorite because he's got the bigger total. But how difficult is that? If only we could get two of them through. Or the USVI situation, but that's not going to happen for Delaney. It's, I mean, it's tough, isn't it? Two-time world champion, he might not be back to defend his title. But, Ryan, this Jamal. Jamal, I heard Jamal. Jamal sorry? Yeah, Jamal Royster. I heard he's, he's going to Pierre's or so. Is that right? Is he? Wow. That's why if Jamal is going to Pierre as well, it's not just Russ and Delaney, is it? It could be yeah. them three. But I think I've said this to, um, I've said this even to Flex before. The Americans, they have got tremendous talent, you know, and we all respect to the two gentlemen here can agree with me. The talent American have, we cannot hide away from it. It's brilliant. It's amazing. It's literally something to dream for. But as he repaints sitting here, we can only face one or two of them. We were never going to fade the entire country. So whoever come, he has a battle. You know, mm. I would love to see Delena World because I'm thinking, and I can echo the same feelings I have. We owe him a beating, right? So I would love to see, because the reason I'm saying that is because we went up against Delaney, no beating us by 20, 30 kilos like Russ has done in the past. Russ was beating us by 40, 50 kilos. There's no, you can't even think like that, that you can beat someone like that in the next year or so. But with Delaney, I think, we all felt if we had better days when we went up against Delaney, the results would have been different. You know, as you know, Anna had to pull toward the two deadlifts that he missed in South Africa and in Malta. He would have made him two times world champion rather than Delaney two times world champion. So it means like I would love to see him again. He said he's a, he's a very nice guy. He's a brother to me. He's a friend. I would love to see him again to go for that, that third dance. But again, that's that's the Americans. He just have to go through the process. But it's a shame. I want to over under from you three gentlemen, Delaney Wallace. Before any of this, though, he will be at Sheffield. And if he's going to lose his team spot or win his team spot, it's probably going to be banked off of what happens at Sheffield. I don't know yet how they're going to do the world team qualification. But over or under, does Delaney Wallace break Russell or his IPF world record. We all saw last year at Sheffield, he was literally an inch away from locking out that final deadlift. I, if, if you saw the Sheffield video they just released, I was literally celebrating, oh my God, I think he's, in, and then he just doesn't lock it out to very, very end. This close. However, 
He's been dealing with some injuries. Starting to come back now. It's November. This is until February. He's got time. Over or under from all three of you gentlemen, does Delaney Wallace break Russell or he's IPF world record? I'm going to start with Edo. What do you think, sir? I think that Delaney is capable of break the world record total. And I think, I do think that in Sheffield, it will break, it will break the world record. He does that. It really, really it, Russ can't miss if he even wants to make a world team. And what a shock it would be if Russell already returns and doesn't make a world team the first year out. It's a possibility. It's got to be entertained. Anna, over or under Delaney Wallace Sheffield IPF world record. I mean, I like to think it would break it, but uh, unless I don't think he will do it this year. I mean, also, I would like to see him still go up against Russ at the Nationals because uh, I'm assuming he probably has to do that anyways. So, yeah. No, he doesn't break it at Sheffield. One for one. Germans, you're going to split this one then. I mean, uh, the world record, right? I mean, it all depend what that world record would be after the European Championship. What? So, oh, I'm not true. saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm breaking the world record now or the European Championship because I know the guys are looking at me. You are looking at me like that. As I said, us sitting here, we are capable of it. I'm really confident. You know, I'm not saying this because I'm arrogant. No, I'm confident. The world record is 841 or 842. Right? So I'm what? 19 kilos and a half or whatever, 20 kilo, whatever you name it, away from it. Right? Within 12 months or 10 months, can I make that? Maybe the gods are there can give me that way. But anyway, jokes aside, is I want Delaney to be able to get that number. A Sheffield, whatever that number is going to be, right? Whether it's above eight for the current world record, I want him to get that. But again, as you said, he has got the injuries going on. You know, he's a really good friend I talk to. But would Delaney be able to score three hundred and ten kilo with the injuries going through? Because he need three hundred and ten kilos if he need to break that world record. Yeah, right. So because the reality is, me and him, we're no pullers. You know, Eduardo, including you as well, my friend. We're not, we're not, we're not deadlifters. So it means we need to score three ten. So has he got three ten? I don't think so. So I think I'm gonna start with what Anna said there. I would love him to break it, but would he be done at Sheffield? No, it's not gonna be done. It's not gonna be done. He will aim and, uh, for it. Yeah, it is eight forty one, and um, yeah, I. I if I was, if I'd seen a little more, I mean, we have time and maybe he turns it around from what I'm seeing now trending towards no due to, I mean, the, the numbers he's in recovery mode to your point. Um, he has time and it all depends how quickly he could turn around. Is he capable? I'll echo your guys sentiments. 100% he's capable. He was within an inch last time, but injuries are part of the sport. And that seems to be plaguing him right now. Russell or he's coming over. So are a bunch of other USAPL lifters. What do you guys think the trend will be in terms of the USAPL crossovers? And what do you think the future of the USAPL and IPF is in terms of the battle to gain talent and talent acquisition? 
Edo, you want to go first, sir? Oh, um, yeah, the USAPL lost about uh, many lifters, many strong lifters going to the PA. I don't know. Uh, actually, uh, the USAPL uh, continue to have so many talented athletes. Uh, uh, so, I don't know. I think PA is going to... Um, is go is going to have the most talent uh, in the in the America in the next years. So I think USAPL uh, will change something about rules or anything else. I don't know, but I think the the powerlifting America is going to be the the main the main federation the main fed on uh, on the American platform. What do you think, Jerns? You're kind of nodding your head here. Do you think this is a trend that's going to continue? It's a temporary one, or what are you anticipating? I, I, I mean, I agree with everything Edo said, and that's why I was nodding. Is again, I think that bring us back what we say in the beginning: the impact of. You know what I mean? Especially, I mean, no, I'm not just, I'm not discarding Euro sports about having millions of views. I mean, Ryan, you have got the data better than me in terms of like the view we had last year and this year. So I think is the impact of these two almost like milestones is helping PA to get bigger and better because USAPL have the best lifters in terms of the two federations that they have in America now. The trend of everyone crossing over always going to carry on. It's not something on a slow. But one thing I will caveat there is I know with the conversation of have USAPL lifters, some of them are good friends. I talk about on Instagram. I do have them on my podcast as well. It's almost like they're coming here for one mission: get it done and go back. All right? Let's let me get let not get too excited because a lot of people thinking, oh, they're coming here to stay forever now. People like Bob, Bob has clearly said it even in your podcast. You know, I'll go and do what I need to do, and if I need to go back, I will go back. Whether I go back as a one ten or one twenty or whatever it is, but it's just like. Yeah, that's one person. But if Rob Bob come and does what he need to do and go back, there's other people that they are thinking, oh, I could do the same. Why can't I do that? So to to your question there, I think this trend is something is not going to stop. But again, I'll back to Edo say this will lead to PE having the best lifters in America, and then PE will just continue growing and growing and growing and growing. And the kids that are coming in the school now, college or whatever. They're just not going to see USAPL. They say, oh, I can go PA where I got these rights to world, there's rights to Sheffield. So this is what's going to make them just getting that, um, that majority. To your point, um, I mean, the numbers don't lie. The IPF numbers are so much bigger than the USAPL's numbers at this point. So if you're going to find our sport and you're going to be watching one of the streams, it's probably going to be the IPF world or Sheffield or something to that effect. And you're going to be like, how do I get there? Even if you never get there, that's your goal. That's your dream. That's where you're shooting for. You end up in that federation and you have going that route. And I know Bob said, I could always go back and sure he could. And he's one of those tweeners where he's in between weight classes. So he's kind of trying to find his home. But let's see what happens when he gets a taste for IPF Worlds and he gets a taste possibly for Sheffield. Should he make it that far? Your appetite might change. <laughs> Money, man. Let's see what happens. I mean, there's money, but there's also like, you guys were at Sheffield. You know, I know you were, Jerns. What it felt like, and you guys are at Worlds. What it feels like to be at the IPF Worlds. 
you can't describe it until you've been there and it's difficult to walk away from that and be like, I'm going to go back to USAPL Nats now after you've done Worlds. And if you make it to Sheffield, if you do Sheffield, it'll be very difficult to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll double back now and stay within USAPL, especially, I don't know. It depends. Everyone's a little bit different, but especially if Rondell comes over and all these big names come over. I, I, I think... I think the trend is going to be more and more towards uh, towards worlds, but only time will tell. And uh, World Games is coming. It's going to be classic, and it's looking like if you're a medalist, you end up going to World Games. How much is that a goal of yours, an influence of yours, and, and what do you think the impact of World Games will have? Because we've seen what happened when IPF Worlds went classic, absolute boom in popularity, and forever World Games is just equipped. If that goes classic multi-sport event, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I would say World Games is going to be huge. Like, really huge to be honest, because um, first of all, it's going to be like basically Sheffield 2.0. Like, you're going to have all of the best lifters. I mean, it's top three from each weight class and that's actually exciting to see because, like I said, it's a multi-sport event. Um, yeah, you have people from all over the world. It's going to be like far away in China. It's like basically the Olympic Games for us. Yeah. Uh, I think people haven't realized how big World Games is going to be right now because so far it's been only equipped and this is going to be like the first time it's going to be classic. And when you see all those big names on the roster by... 2025, everyone is going to be like, I want to watch that. I mean, like, for example, you're going to have Ross, uh, for example, Kaiko, uh, well, Jurens all sharing the same stage at the same time. I mean, you're almost never going to see that again. So, yeah, I think World Games is actually going to make a huge difference. And I think also the exclusivity of having it every four years it makes it mm -hmm. even better. Now, it's like when you see Olympic athletes, they are training for four years for one goal. And now that's going to be the same for our sport. So you're not just thinking about worlds. You know, you're like, you know, four years from now, I want to be, I don't know, some random place in the world, meeting so many people. The opening ceremony alone is like freaking fantastic. So mm. yeah, I think just world games alone is going to be a huge changer for our sport. And... I don't think people realize that yet because like, there's I, no worst thing. So. I, 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 th I think it's being minimized. I don't think it's being fully grasped. I was there when the IPF went, went from just equipped to equipped and classic. And I seen before what it was and now I seen afterwards the impact it made. A lot of people came into the sport afterwards and don't realize that what that change did. I've seen the progression. And when we talk about moving forward, what the impact will be for the sport. And some of these individuals coming over from the USAPL, let them go this full cycle. Let them go through PA Nats, Worlds, if they make it to Sheffield, or if they make it to World Games, let them go through all of that. Feel Eurosport, feel World Games, feel Sheff let them feel all of this. Olympic Channel, Olympic YouTube, let them feel all of this and live it. And then tell me, what route you're going to go the following year. And I think people are going to be like, I got it. It's, it's a game changer, man. You're going to feel like a for really real athlete. And I think the sport is leveling up each and every time. And I am 
I think there's going to be impact that we don't see. There's going to be game changing that we don't see coming when the World Games happens, and not enough of that is being like Sheffield. You and we all know what Sheffield did. We all starting to feel the ripple effects of what Sheffield did to our sport. Yes, World Games is going to do that. Yes, it will. On a global level, far-reaching outside of our sport. It's multi-sport. People from other sports now are watching because they have to. Yes, there will be an impact. We, we might even get athletes who already squat and bench like football players, et cetera. They're going to start crossing over being like, I'm coming. I'm coming. I didn't realize powerlifting was that fun, that exciting, that much of a show. I'm coming. Let me give a go. And you start getting these freak athletes crossing over out of nowhere, like Jonah from Germany. He's been doing it one year. That guy's already a freak. It's crazy. Um, so I'm with you in terms of what that might be. Now, here's a follow-up question for you, Anna. Because it might be top three going to World Games, and we it's everything I just said, and you are such an all-in or nothing guy on your last deadlift, would that impact your attempt selection at Worlds if you're like, fuck me? I kind of got to lock in a podium with my second and, you know, <laughs> you can't really skip out on your second attempt to go well in on your third. You'd have to think about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I've thought about it. Like, at the end of the day right now, um, the main goal is to make the World Games. I mean, this is going to be the first World Games as a classic lift. I mean, it sucked I didn't go to the first Sheffield. Uh, I mean, if I just learned how to hold my deadlift, I probably would have been there. But yeah, I don't want to miss the first the first classic World Games. So yeah, that's definitely going to affect my strategy. It would be nice to lock in a podium spot by the third, by the second deadlift, and you know, well for the win again. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. That sixty-second dialogue you're going to have with your coaches, where you're like, you could pull for the win like you always do. Or you could pull for a guaranteed podium and go to World Games. But if you pull for the win and miss, you don't go to World Games. Damn, that's going to be a tough one, buddy. I don't, don't think about it now, but that is going to be a very difficult conversation to have in 60 seconds. And you'll see it coming. And in terms of deadlifts with how heavy they are, I don't know if you could lock in on your second. Like You'd have to be so far ahead of second and third to already be able to do that. Yeah, I think it's too tight a field. You got guys like, you know, all these gentlemen we already said. And Delaney might be there with, they might have 283s from US. We might not have to choose between Delaney and Russ. My God. Or Jamar or who knows. I don't know, man. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be super duper exciting who makes it. Um, let me ask each one of you gentlemen what your goals are, immediate and the future. Edo, let's let's go with you. You're a junior world champion. But immediately, within the next year, and then in the future, what is going to be on your resume checkboxed? Oh, good question. Um, I I would like to. Uh, I would like to PR my total at Euros. Uh, the goal is that uh, I don't. I don't know which position I'm going to to do, but my goal is is, is going to, to above eight hundred. The goal is that next year, uh, the goal is to qualify for World Games, for sure. And for the future, is going to increase my total and stay healthy and try to do 
to do my best, my best in the international comp, and try to 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 to, to have the pressure to to compete to against the other guys from the every part of the world. Italy had Corolla and we all know what Corolla has done for the popularity of powerlifting in in the country, winning worlds uh, now multiple times in and out of equipment, going to Sheffield. I mean, she's a legend. And now she's in a sensational showdown with Leah Babwa, as well as I get the shit go. Um, let me grab your pick. I know it's going to be, but let me grab your pick there. Who's going to win that showdown? Carla. Okay. No doubts. <laughs> All Carla. right. Moving forward, could you be an open world champion as well? Is that one of your goals? If when you lay your head on your pillow at night, is that one of your dreams? You're like, I think I could do this sometime before all is done, and I hang up my belt. Yeah, I think being the world, world, world an open world champion is is a dream for everyone. Uh, let's see in the next years. I think the 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 main the main goal is. To qualify for World Games because being part of a national team, a true national team, because you are like an Olympic athlete. I think being part of that team is going. It, it, it's it's so it's so incredible. I think that this is a a, a true. I, I think this this is the the main the main goal for everyone in this sport. And I don't know. Uh, with the 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 coming of these champions from America is going to be very very tough, and I think we Europeans uh, are strong enough to to compete against us uh, against them. But I think it will be difficult. Yeah, yeah, you're one hundred percent right. Like just being in that athlete compound, like the Olympic Games do, just being amongst them, sitting amongst all these athletes from all over the world, from all these different sports. And major TV organizations from all the, we have live streams. Every single one of those sports has their own TV broadcasting live streams as well. Like picture IPF world's times several times over several different media teams from all over the world, from different sports, all these different athletes sitting in the lunch cafeteria, the compound, every that whole experience. It's not quite the Olympics, but it's, it's, it's right there. Every and and to end his point, the fact that it's only every four years, just like, just like the World Cup in soccer, all the good ones, right? It's exclusive. It's limited. It's special. And you experience that in all of our athletes that are so good at creating social media content. Jurens goes. Jurens will do podcast previews, recaps. All you fellas go. Please set aside a couple thousand dollars and get a videographer and make some YouTube videos and make, please, even if that's not your jam, fucking do it for this one. Not only for, for yourself, when you're like 20 years down the road and you want to show your kids yourself and relive the experience and you're going to want to, but for your, your followers and fans in your nation, what will that do for Italy at all? And all of these Italians are going to be watching and be like, Oh shit, we got one going to world games and they follow your, your journey. And endurance and and a horror. What you guys can do to capitalize on that moment, um, it's huge. And a same question, my friend. What are your immediate goals, future goals? What do you want to do? 
I mean, the next one right now is Euros. Uh, the plan is simple. Just I just want to have fun. I mean, um, it's always nice being at international comps. Um, yeah, the main goal is next year when Worlds comes around because, like I said, World Games is going to be huge and making the team for that is definitely top priority. Uh, it definitely still haunts me like almost every single day that I've missed out on being a world champion twice. Uh, so, yeah, as long as I can keep putting myself in a spot where it's possible, where I'm able to keep pulling for the win. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to get to a point where uh, I'm securing the win on my second. So as long as I'm able to keep increasing my squad, increasing my bench, um, making smart um, midday decisions, um, eight for eight, uh, that would actually be nice because I believe that as long as I keep putting my spot, myself in a spot where I can win, someday I'm going to win. So, yeah. You go away for a rate. You were always one deadlift away from winning. And I don't know where the hell your top end deadlift is. I don't think you do either. <laughs> it's you at some point it's going to load something crazy up and you're going to hit. It's just a matter of time. Like you said, you got to keep showing up and keep, and you just keep tinkering with your attempt selection, which is going to help you out as well. And be like, okay, we found the winning formula. My friend, if you do that against Russell or he, you go to Sheffield. I mean, a star is born, dude. It would be insane. All eyes are going to be on the 83 kilo class if Russell or he ends up at the IPF World Championships. You gentlemen know that. You gentlemen know Russell or he's the biggest star in IPF powerlifting. And he's in your weight class and that who might be at IPF Worlds. You guys have a, an amazing opportunity. And this Euro Championship is like a preview to that. And it's, it's we'll see how close you can get to, to his numbers. Um, Jurens, what do you think? What's let me say something because people DM me about you, Jurens. You previously, you're in your mid 30s, full time job, father, peaking now. And how many people have heard previous podcasts DM'd me and been like, so many people like this guy's a full time power lifter, or this guy's like half my age, or I got kids now. When they hear you, it's like curb all those excuses, my friend. And you're peaking now, you know what I mean? Like, you. I look to you and point to you when it's like, don't give me that shit. Cause Jurens has got all of that and more and he's in his mid thirties doing his damn thing. Um, so as, as we approach this European championship and you're going to defend your title and we all know everything at stake now, all, all of what can happen if you hit at IPF world and world game, Sheffield, et cetera, what's the immediate going to look like and what are your goals for the future? I think, I think for me, the immediate is, I think it's key what I say. I think I perform better when I have fun, right? When uh, I almost forget that I'm competing against Enna or Eduardo, right? It's just like, almost I don't care what Enna is doing, what Eduardo is doing. Even if he's at work, squat me, I deadlift me, as much as I'm having fun. Uh, I think the immediate is like, have fun. It would be nice for me to be two times European champion because there's not many Brits have done that. I think we have got Tony Cliff and Owen Abbott. It would be nice for me to be the third Brits to do that. Um, also, at my age, it's just like being healthy. And if for many people that don't know me as a powerlifter, I started in 2016 and touch hood. I've never really had injuries that put me on the bay. 
So I'm praying for that to carry on. Probably that's what has kept me to be this healthy and be this long and making the making the progress I, I usually make. So I always say a 2.5 kilo PR on my last total in my next meet will be more than welcome. So basically immediate um, goal is have fun, hopefully be two times European champion. And um, long term, again, as you said, Russ is coming in. So it will be nice to share the, this time, not sharing the platform, but to be strong enough and healthy enough to compete against him, not just sharing the platform, competing against him. And of course, the boys are talking about the World Games. I think that's where all of us probably the mindset is getting to the world. That's, imagine me 35 years old qualifying for the World Games. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, even for the sport of powerlifting, how much PR powerlifting will get a 35 year old man like me qualifying for it. So it's something like, yeah, it's a, it's a goal that I'm looking forward to. It's an interesting thing. But in terms of like, um, I'm not looking forward to the spotlights that comes with it, unfortunately. Right. But that's something that just come with success, isn't it? And I pulled 385. Look at the entire world is talking about him. But if you ask him, he did not ask for this. Do you know what I mean? So it's one of the things that where I'm really looking forward to the IPF world in 2024. Hopefully qualify for the World Games. When qualify for the World Games mean being top three. So whether these boys won or not, we will fight for the top three. But the best man will win. And um Again, the long, long-term future is even 2024, let's just say, I mean, I'm going to take a shot at a world championship. And I think I'm not a 2018 lifter or 2019 lifter anymore. I am a lifter now that I can set these type of goals that I want to be a world champion because I go to the level where, why not? So the strength is there, the, the desire is there, the drive is there. So why not go for it? So I'm going to go for it in 2024. So yeah, to me, it's a world championship, nothing else. You do this. Um, I mean, everything you've done social media wise, and you've got a podcast and you're doing your damn thing. It talking about what it can do for the nation. It'd be huge if you were a world champion as well, you know, for all you gentlemen, for your respective nations, what it could do in Europe. Um, it's big especially with a guy like Russell or he around let's do a quick name game gentlemen I respect your time and we'll we'll wrap this up I'll toss out a name and you guys could tell me your response with one word two words a sentence a story there's no right and wrong answer okay we'll throw it out let's start with the big one and I'm gonna go with Enoharo first though Russell or he uh, inspiration. I mean, it was literally one of the first people I watched when I started powerlifting. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely. That's why I said like competing against him is gonna be exciting because imagine competing against someone you've been looking up to when you started. So yeah, I'm no longer at that point where I'm looking up to him. It's more like I want to get to a point where we are equals, and I can be like, you know what, I'm challenging you and. It's a legitimate challenge, not when someone DMs you that are like 200 kilos less than you and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm coming for you. No, I want to be that guy that like actually challenges it. So, yeah, inspiration and hopefully someday challenge. Hello, how about you, Russell or he? 
inspiration uh, he did history in this sport so for me it will an honor uh, to compete against him next year Aaron's? I think for me is Russ is he's the man to beat no matter what era it is or well, Brad Gibbs hack our era I think he's the man to be when I'm saying a man to beat is you no know, because I think he's the strongest of all time, but I think what he's brought him with him, the personality, the talent, and things like that is all constitute the Russ entity. That's what make him exceptional to me. So again, as the boy said, it will be an honor next year to go up against Russ. And um, at this time, I literally go up against Russ, you know, mm. something, <laughs> Almost like, I think I've said this to Delaney in my podcast, I feel to the point where if I beat Russ next year, I can retire and I will be happy. Literally. That's a, that's that's the type of lifter he is. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I will retire if I beat him or whatever, but I'm saying if I beat him next year and then that, at that minute after my last deadlift, I'm saying, guys, I'm done with powerlifting. I'll be more than happy. I'll go in retirement. I'll be happy. Do you know what I mean? That's the type of person it is to me. So yeah, I I hold him highly. Uh, there, one of the best. So yeah. Okay, we're gonna split this up then. Um, so I won't be asking all you guys the same name, but Anna Delaney Wallace. Uh, well, first one that comes to my, to my mind, regret. Uh, yeah, basically, I mean. Yeah, I had two shots at him and I missed. Would be nice to do it a third time. So close, it's not even funny. Uh, you guys are so neck and neck and you guys are both young. I'm sure you'll have another go at it at some point, but it's been a hell of a rivalry to watch. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Jurens, Nick Manders. Oh, the man with 800 pound deadlift. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I think as the word said, is um is an amazing, amazing puller. And I think if there is anyone that can put a little pressure on Anna where it is, is Nick. And to me, uh, Malta pissed me off, not because I underperformed. It pissed me off because of the opportunity I missed. I had two deadlifters that were going up against. It means one of them will miss. So all I had to do go A for A. That's all I needed, but I didn't. So yeah, uh, to me, it's like, it's a tremendous lifter. He's a good kid. He has got a very good um, head on his shoulders. Uh, I don't really, I don't really f watch or listen to his social media much because Nick talk, but to me, Nick as a person, the little time I spend with him, with him in Malta, I've discovered a lot about him as a person. So yeah, an amazing kid. So yeah, he has a good brilliant future. Oh, he talks. When he comes on the KOTL podcast, my man drops sound bites. Holy smokes. Everybody's like in the DMs, like, holy shit. He will he will jump off. Um, quick question for you, Jerds. In 2024, who will have the bigger deadlift? Nick or Inaharo? Oh, I mean, that's an easy answer. So I think Anna will. Anna will have the biggest deadlift in 2024 still. The reason I'm saying that is because 
even the way they lift, the way they do their deadlift, right? I'm not a pull up, but the way they do their sumo, you see Anna's sumo almost like, yeah, it doesn't have no limit. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like that, that his body doesn't have a limit on that sumo of his, especially if he perfects that technique on that last pull. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, not saying it because I'm close to Anna the Nick, but I'm just talking as a lifter, what I see. I think Anna still has got um, a little bit of an edge there on uh, over Nick in terms of um, the pulling. Now, what do you think about this? Now that there's talk of a deadlift rival, and you are like the miracle man when it comes to a deadlift. It is insane where your top-end deadlift is. But now Nick has arrived, and he did what he did at the World Championships. Do you think we're close, or do you think we're only close because you guys haven't seen my top-end? I mean, I used to underrate with Nick before, but like, honestly, after Malta, like, I've come to respect him a lot more for his deadlifts because I think it's definitely close. But I think going into Worlds, I'm not going to be looking at, you know, winning the deadlift medal. I mean, I have so many deadlift gold medals now. And yeah, I'm just focused on my total. So even if I come second on deadlift that day, I really don't care. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be pulling for the gold medal <laughs> overall and not deadlift. Edo, your name? Germans can come. I think the man to beat at these Euros and is such an inspiration for me. Uh, is such a great lifter, great person. I'm, I will to to be like Ken Gamble in the future. There it is. Well, you got your flowers there, Germans. You stick around long enough and this type of thing seems to happen, right? Uh, gentlemen, thank you for coming on the KOTL podcast. Much appreciated. Good luck at the European Championships. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the battle to watch at Euros. And honestly, it's like flip a coin. I don't know how you guys sometimes don't show all your lifts and it's kind of difficult to tell who's where and what's going to happen and what's what um, we've seen the highs. We've seen lows. We've seen everything in between. So this is going to be a scrap. And I 100% believe like Jaren said, the world record could be broken. You guys could push each other that far. Yes, it could happen. And um, I'm excited to watch it. So we'll be in touch. Stay healthy, for God's sake. And let's hope all you guys make it onto the platform. Let's see what happens. And for everybody listening, please do subscribe. Give us rate, high ratings as per usual. Until next time, six-pack lap it at, six up, and we are out.